Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. 1 Kings chapter 9 and verse 3. I want to just give you a little bit of, of preview from a background, I should say, from, from where we've been the last couple of weeks because we are in a series. And, uh, and this series is called Planted and where I'm encouraging you in your place in the body of Christ and the house of God in particular in this place, because God has called you here. I believe he's called you. Bless you, honey. I believe he's called you here. And so since he's called you here, then uh, this series is here to encourage you to get your roots down deep and flourish and grow and produce fruit. Amen. Thank you for all of your enthusiasm and all your amens this morning. But my mother's here also. Glad you're here, mom. And uh, we started by looking at King David in particular, uh, as well as King Asa, the Bible says, whose heart was loyal to the Lord all of his days. And, and we saw that both of these men, their heart for God translated, uh, was shown in their heart for God's house. David wanted to build God's house, God, a, a marvelous house. He said it must be extraordinary. It must be famous in all the earth. In other words, it must be the greatest thing that we put our hands to, or the greatest work that we do. And so he, he brought in abundant provisions. The Lord would not allow David himself to build the house because of he, the, the blood that was on his hands as, a, as an incredible warrior for Israel. But Solomon, the son of peace, David's son, was able to build the house, and he did, and he, and he dedicated it to the Lord. And at that dedication, the Lord told Solomon, I have heard your prayer and your supplication that you have made before me in 1 Kings chapter 9, verse 3. That you have made before me, I have, conse- I have consecrated this house which you have built to put my name there forever, and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually or will be there forever. And as I said earlier, that the Solomon's temple is gone, and it was, uh, that happened in 586 B.C. when the Babylonians came in and, and obliterated Jerusalem and tore down the temple and brought the Jews into captivity for a number of years, and then Ezra... And Nehemiah both uh, got papers to go back to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and ultimately to rebuild the house of God. And then Herod, later, sometime later on, built onto uh, the temple and, and basically made it like a city within a city. It was a marvelous structure, and, um, <clears throat> but it also went down. In A.D. 70, when Titus came marching into Jerusalem, again, Jerusalem was obliterated and the temple was taken down and completely, completely torn apart. Not one stone was left on another, as Jesus had prophesied. And so then we have to know if God's eyes are where his, are, his eyes and where his heart is now, because he said it would be in his house and be there perpetually. Well, then the Apostle Paul teaches us in 1 Timothy chapter 3, as he's speaking to his son in the faith in verse 15. In 1 Corinthians 3, he says, But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Right here is where it is, right? God's eyes are here. God's heart is here because you're here. And you are the church of the living God. And we are, as his children, gathered here together in the house of God. It's not the house of God if his people aren't there. It's just a building. But when you're here, it's the, it's the house of God. It's the church of the living God. And, and last week, we, we talked about Jacob and the dream that he had. 
Remember when he was out there in the, in the wilderness and, and he went to sleep and he had a rock for a pillow and he slept and he had a dream about this ladder that was let down from heaven and there were angels descending and ascending on this ladder and the Lord stood above it and spoke to Jacob and made these promises to him. Really, you hear these promises that had been echoed before to his grandfather and to his father that in him and in his seed, all the families of the earth be blessed. And Jacob awoke from his sleep, if you remember, and he said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And so I talked about the importance of knowing that when the Lord is in, uh, that the Lord is in this place, and to recognize that, and to have an expectation of that, and so that we don't take our gatherings casually, that we remember the Lord is here. And David, I mean, and Jacob said, how awesome is this place? As a result of knowing that this is where the Lord is, how awesome is, is this place? This is the house of God. This is none other than the gate of heaven, right? This is where people come to know God. Women, men, children, come to the kingdom of God, come to know the Lord, to, to see God become their father and they the children of God right here in this place, the gate of heaven. This is where heaven touches earth. Amen. And so, and, and, and their spirits are made eternally alive by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember this, the Lord, let's all say that the Lord, the Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place, and I'm always going to know it, right? I'm not just going to, I'm not going to be unaware. I'm not going to let, let the weight of the world that, that got put on me this past week by various circumstances dull my senses my spiritual senses to his presence here. Amen. He's here. He's here and I'm awake to it. I'm aware of it. And I want everything that he has because he's worthy of our glory, of our praise. He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our giving. He's worthy of our service. Remember, this is where you're connected to your eternal purpose as members of the body of Christ, individual members. This is where you know your purpose is in the house of God and with God's people. Amen. Now, um, we're going to, for a few minutes, get into some new things in Psalms chapter 92. And I want to ask Kayla, where are you, Kayla? There she is. Now, I called on her this morning about an hour ago to do this. So I just want to thank you for your readiness, your willingness to do it. And I wanted everybody to see your cute haircut, too. That's, a, that's nice, isn't it? <laughs> I want you to tell them what happened to you this week, would you? <laughs> Um, yeah, so I work at Christ for the Nations Institute in Dallas, and I work for their online school, so I work um, <clears throat> just with the teachers recording their classes online. I don't ever work with the students um, in the day school, but sometimes they have like all staff meetings that we have to go to or all staff events. Honestly, I don't particularly like those events because they can be like really boring or like they, just, they can just be a lot sometimes. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah. Um, so we had to go to an all-staff prayer um, on Tuesday because uh, the day school was finishing. They graduated on Friday. And so we were going to go pray for the graduates. And usually what they do is they, like, form some tunnel, and you just kind of, like, lay your hands on students as they walk by. So I'm going to be honest with you that I was just kind of like, yeah, I can bullcrap my way through this. I'm not really going to have to pray. I can just, you know get by because I wasn't spiritually feeling like I wanted to go. I didn't want to go. I didn't feel like I wanted to be there. 
I was just going to go pretend like I was praying and go back to my job. <laughs> and really, that's how I felt. And so then I get to the staff meeting and they're, where they're going to tell us they were giving us instructions for how the prayer would go. And they were like, hey, we usually do that tunnel, but we're not doing that this year. You guys are going to pray individually for the students, and they're only going to pray with you. And we want you to prophesy and give words of wisdom and words of knowledge and, like, speak life into their future. And I was like, oh, no. I'm really going to have to pray. (laughs) And so I'm sitting in this meeting, and I was like, God, I really don't feel qualified for this. I don't feel prepared for this. But whatever you want to say, like, speak to me and give me words. And so... They get the students lined up, and students start coming to us one by one. And with every student that walked up to me, God gave me a word for them. Every one of them. I, I, I think that's the like, most words I've ever gotten in my life, that someone would come up, and I would, I would, give them, like, I would pray in the Spirit, and I would hear a word. And with one in particular, um, it felt like such a leap to give that word. Like, it felt so dumb to me. But I just, and it didn't make any sense, but I started with what I felt in my spirit, and then as I spoke, the rest of the word came. And so I was just encouraging the team today, and I'm encouraging you here, that it doesn't matter if you feel prepared. It doesn't matter if you feel qualified, because it's not about you. It's about the spirit who lives inside of you. And your willingness, if you're willing to say, even if you don't feel like doing it, if you're willing to say, hey, God, speak through me, he's going to show up. He's going to show up every single time, because it's not about you. It's just about your faith to trust in him, and then he'll come through. Butimus. Thank you. Thank you, Kaylin. Uh, guilt control stuff. It's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that with us. <clears throat> the reason I wanted Kayla to do that was because I, I've known Kayla since she was a little girl. And, um, but I do, I, one thing I do know about her is that she's always been planted wherever she is. And she's planted here. She planted herself here and made herself... Uh, available to do whatever. She's just given herself to the service of the Lord, planted herself in the house of God. There's no, that's no accident that there's a connection to her not feeling it, not being in the mood, whatever it might have been, to being able to be fruitful in that moment. Because the Bible says that you are trees of righteousness and that when you are planted by the rivers of living water, you bring forth fruit. In your season, your leaf never withers. You're always producing fruit. All right. In Psalms chapter 92, if if you would uh, um, just head that direction. But I want to read one one verse of scripture from Isaiah 40, 31, one that you're familiar with. It says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk. They will walk and not faint. All right? They that wait upon the Lord. To wait literally means to gather together with expectation. All right? This wait is a, is a purposeful waiting. When Jesus told the disciples after he had risen from the dead and he was about to ascend into heaven, he told them, go and wait for the promise of the Father. So what did they do? They gathered together with expectation that the Holy Spirit was coming. They're waiting for the promise to come. And so there's promise that happens. There's something that happens whenever we gather, just like this, with expectation. And look what the promise is. You renew your strength. Right? You mount up with wings like eagles. In other words, you get a better perspective, a broader perspective on life. You get God's perspective. And you see things 
from the right way. You'll run and not be weary. You will walk and not faint. So when you come into this place, come with the expectation that when I go to the house of God, I'm getting my strength renewed. Right? When I gather with God's people, I will mount up with wings like eagles. I'm going to have the right perspective. When I come to one cause church in particular, I'm going to run and not grow weary and walk and not faint. To those who wait, to those who gather with expectation. Psalms chapter 92 verse 12 says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Palm tree. In uh, 2011, it's been a few years ago now, hasn't it? That's the last time the Mavericks won the championship. In 2011, our family went to Galveston for a um, vacation. We actually went there to board a cruise ship um, to go to prettier places. And while we were there, <clears throat> we were looking at some of the aftermath from Hurricane Ike. Y'all remember Hurricane Ike years and years ago that, that devastated Galveston? Um, and we were walking around downtown. There's a place down there called The Strand. It's a, their popular tourist area. And, uh, and then we were walking around downtown, and we saw where somebody had marked this line on one of the buildings of the water level at the time of Hurricane Ike. We actually had a taxi driver that drove us uh, around for a little bit, and he told us that he had four and a half feet of water standing water in his house at that time. I mean, it was devastating. And I mean, glass had been blown out of buildings. Uh, they actually had a picture of a fire truck that was in a building, right? The wind had just blown it right into a building. And there were all kinds of, there was all kinds of devastation, big, huge oak trees that had been uprooted and, and thrown over to the side. But here's the palm trees. The palm trees are just still standing after all this devastation, and there are the palm trees. It's not an accident that you are likened to a palm tree. Because when the wind blows and when the storm comes into your life, you got to learn to kind of rock with it. I mean, you, you've, you've seen it, right? You've seen like the hurricane kind of footage, the, the reporter standing there, you know, braced against the wind and the, the, the jackets. And then behind him, you see the palm trees just, just kind of going with it. They don't break. They might bend, but they don't break. That's you. That's what the Bible calls you. In the midst of the worst kinds of situations, you're still standing. Why? Because you're planted in the house of God. And you'll flourish, the Bible says, like a palm tree. Jesus has made you so wonderfully powerful. When we read, this, when we read the scriptures, we see no instructions on quitting. There's no how-tos in giving up. Should the situation get to this level of trouble, uh, here's how you just go ahead and walk away. No, we don't have anything from the scriptures that teach us to quit or to give up, only to keep fighting the good fight of faith and knowing that we have the victory. What does it say? Whatever is born of God does what? Overcomes the world. You are of God, little children, and I've already overcome them, the Bible says, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Hmm. If God be for us, 
There, there's no quit. There's no quit in the word of God. God's goodness is far greater than any level of evil. Where sin abounded, grace much more abounded. So this is, this is God telling you, there's no point in quitting. And there's hope when you failed. Just because you failed, that's not the reason to quit. This is when you grab a hold of grace. That's greater than your failure. Come on, help me this morning. The righteous shall flourish. Here's what the word flourish means. To blossom, to break forth, to break out, to increase and prosper. Wow. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Verse 13, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall flourish. And this is how they will flourish. They're planted. Get planted. It's not about finding the perfect church, even though I think this one's right near it. <laughs> Until I showed up. <laughs> then things went awry. It's not about finding the perfect church. It's about being planted. Hmm? You know, I, I, I hate to see Christians looking for that perfect church, so they're skipping around, right? They're skipping around. I don't, I don't like this part about us, so I'm going to go over here. I'm going to like this. And, and, and you see them just moving about, moving about, and there's no roots. Their, their, their roots are shallow. The church is described in the scriptures as a house or as a body or a family. Hey, in every family, there's good, bad, <clears throat> and ugly. Right? Hey, but you know what? I mean, every family has a know-it-all. And, you, and, and in your family, you got to know it all, right? You're probably thinking of that person. At, uh, the moment I said it, you're like, oh, yeah, that's uncle so-and-so. That's, or, you know, whatever. But if you can't think of that person, that means it's you. <laughs> but every family has the know-it-all in the family, right? I mean, even Jesus had some real characters in his lineage, you look through Jesus' land. This is the son of the living God, right? The pristine seed of God. And you start looking at it. He came from that? He came from that? You see the people that are listed in his land like Rahab, the harlot? Yep, she's in there. She's in there. Bathsheba? The one David had an affair with and had her, her husband killed? Yep, she's in there. David himself? Yeah, they're in there. Now, I know many of you are planted here, and you have been for quite a while. Bailey is one of them. <laughs> but I want to encourage you to sink your teeth in deeper to this truth today that you, you will flourish. This is God's promise to you. You will flourish. You will break forth. You will break out. You will increase, and you will prosper. This is God's promise to you. Amen. Take him at his word. They will, look at verse 14. They shall still bear fruit in old age. Come on, where's my old age? <laughs> Anybody willing to admit it? All right. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Now, I realize we have lots of young people in our church, and, you know, you young guys aren't thinking about growing old. But it's coming. And it can be good or bad. 
<laughs> but when you're planted in the house of God, it looks like it's a good thing. You're still bearing fruit in old age. Amen. I mean, no, think about this. Nobody that's of mature age here, we'll just call it a mature age at this point, all right? Nobody of mature age, when they were younger, were thinking about getting old, right? I wasn't thinking about that. You weren't thinking about that. But if you're going to live long, you're going to grow old. It's a blessing to grow old. Amen. It's God's will and it's God's plan that you live long and prosper on the earth. He says, they shall still, still bear fruit. That, now, so just because you get, you get old doesn't mean you check out of life. You still bear fruit in old age. They will be fresh and flourishing. I love that. They will still flourish. In other words, they'll still break forth. They'll still break out. There are still new experiences in increasing as we grow older. Amen. The King James Version says they'll be fat and flourishing. Amen. Fat on the blessings. The, the word flourishing means luxuriant, abundant in growth, to grow green. And I'm not talking about recycling. Full, even though it's probably not a bad thing to do. Full of vibrant life. So this promise of flourishing, of increasing, of growth, of breaking forth, of being fat on God's blessing, of being full of vibrant life is realized for those who are planted. All right, you got to get planted. Tell somebody next to you, you got to get planted. Plant yourself. Amen. Verse 15, to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. So your life that is planted in the house of God over time produces a testimony that the Lord is good and that he always does what is right. Oh, thank you, Lord, for that. I said he is good and he always does what is right. I'm going to go to one last scripture. I did not give this to my media team, so guys, forgive me. But it's Psalms chapter 84 and verse 10. And it says, For one day or a day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. A day in your courts is better than a thousand. I mean, look at the effect of one day in church. Right? David loves the house of God because he knows what it's done to his life. It's enriched his life immensely. And, he's, and, and it beats a thousand days anywhere else. How awesome is this gathering? But how awake to that are we? Huh? I'd rather be a doorkeeper, David says, and stand at the threshold in the house of my God than to dwell at ease in the tents of wickedness. Now, I've told you this before, but I just want to remind you what the doorkeeper's job was in the temple. It's, it's not like what some of you do out here, Larry and Benny and others who greet at the front. Don't we only appreciate the people who greet us at the front door here at One Cause Church? Somebody opens the door for you and welcomes you here. Always has a very inviting uh, uh, feel when you come to One Cause Church. I love that. But David's not talking about being a door greeter. This doorkeeper had a very specific job, and it was a job that had to be done, but it was a very humbling kind of job. This person's job was to make sure that the male, the men who came in, were covenant men. That's their job. They had to make sure that every male that came in there was circumcised. Otherwise, 
the temple of God gets defiled. Can you imagine having that job? Comes up on planning center. Oh my God, I'm the doorkeeper this week. Right? Now listen, that makes every service in church that much easier, right? At least I'm not a doorkeeper. <laughs> but think about what David says. I'd rather have that position. I'd rather do that. Because it's in the house. Hmm? It's in the house. It's where God's people are. And I'll take the humblest service possible if I can just be in the house. It's better than being anywhere else at any time. Oh, this is so beautiful. God, help us to get this. Help us, Lord, to realize the beauty and the magnitude of being in the house of God. Plant yourself here where God's eyes are, where his heart is. A life planted in the house of God is a life lived at its maximum potential. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the house of God. Thank you for the people of God. Thank you for the promises we have from the living word of God that when we plant ourselves here, God, we can expect to increase. We can expect to prosper. We can expect to live in your abundance. We can expect, God, to bear fruit no matter where we are. Your, 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 your word says that us being here will affect outside, our outside life, the courts of our God, outside, our families, our homes, our children, where we work. Our being planted here, God, will cause us to flourish wherever we go. So I thank you, Father, for the promise that we have. Thank you, Lord, for the church, that you are building your church. You're building your people. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that your people would be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, that they would continue, Lord, to be planted and to, maybe they need to get planted today, but Lord, they would stay planted. Hallelujah. That they would see just how beautiful their part is in the grand plan of your kingdom and of your church and how vital they are to this house in particular. But because they're here, Lord, <clears throat> your will is being done. Your will is being accomplished. Your plan is in action because they're all very, very important parts of your plan. And I thank you for your blessing upon every family here. Lord, let them see the promise of what it means to be planted. And let them see, God. Show them, Lord. Reveal your increase to them, Lord, in their lives. I thank you, Father God, for blessing every marriage that's represented here, Lord, every family. And every aspect of their life, Lord, I declare healing in their bodies, that their bodies, Lord, would thrive in health and wholeness. That their minds would be sound, in the name of Jesus. And that they would flourish in their relationship with you, God. Thank you for great grace upon them. Peace and grace will be multiplied to them from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Bless this church. Continue to bless One Cause Church. And be with us, Lord. Increase us here. Increase our influence here in this community, Lord. We want to be that city that's set on a hill that cannot be hidden. We want to be a place of refuge, a place of healing, a place of miracles, Lord, a place of new beginnings, a place, Lord, where the truth 
is declared a truth where the truth sets people free, makes them free. Lord, I thank you that you use this house because, Lord, you use these people. And I thank you, Lord, that they're connected to their eternal purpose through being planted in the house of God. Bless them in that in Jesus' name. I thank you. You bless them in their coming in. You bless them in their going out. Everywhere they go, they are the blessed of God, and everything their hands touch shall prosper. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you that Christ died for our sins and that he was buried and he rose again the third day. Thank you for that beautiful message that whoever believes on him, whoever believes on him shall have everlasting life, shall be saved. In the name of Jesus, praise God. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.